This is the Lace Up and Run podcast. Hey guys. I did it right this time. <laughs> Welcome back. If you are new to the show, well, I'm sorry. We believe in an active lifestyle with a primary focus on running and hiking. We cover trail running, road running, ultra marathons, hiking, and much, much, much more. We provide shoe reviews, gear reviews, running advice, race information, and all other topics to keep you motivated and successful. There is a supply of bourbon in the podcast studio, so there is pretty much a guarantee there might be some of Kentucky's finest consumed. As a matter of fact, there have been some libations poured already. So good. So good. If you have a couple of minutes, take the time to give us a positive review, please. Apple and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Those are the number two uh, most downloaded areas for our show. And you may contact the show at... <clears throat> well, I'll be hogwashed. Um, it's either lace up and run podcast at gmail.com or lace up and run at gmail.com. I've done forgot. <laughs> Plum done forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Send me an email at both of them, and the one I reply to <laughs> is correct. That's the one you want to go with. <laughs> I think it's lace up and run podcast at gmail.com, is what I said. We're going with that. Lace Up and Run is, is presented by RTS Sports Running and Hiking Specialty Store. If you are a runner, walker, hiker, or just someone who is on your feet all days, RTS Sports offers the highest quality footwear, gear, and accessories to keep you moving forward. You may stop by at one of those relo- retail locations and see Miss Lindsay across the table from me. Hello. Mr. Mike, Mrs. Denise, uh, me, whomever might be there that given day. Visit us at one of our two retail locations, Marion, Illinois, and Paducah, Kentucky, or online at RunToSucceedSports.com. And we are also on the Facebook at Run to Succeed Sports Marion and Run to Succeed Sports Paducah. And more than likely, Lindsay's going to reply to those. <laughs> <laughs> I get on the Facebook once every month or so. And on Instagram at Run to Succeed, and soon to be on the YouTube and possibly on the TikTok. Did I Woot. miss anything? No, oh, sounds great to me. I'm pretty confident I have a Twitter you got those tweets going on? But I haven't logged into Twitter, and I couldn't tell you how long, so maybe I'm going to fix that. I've been working on a uh, social media... Uh, Schedule? Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, with all the passwords and all that stuff for you, so yes. hopefully the Twitter will be on there. Cool, cool. I'll start posting on all of the things. Better you than me. <laughs> um, race Spotlight, as always, check out the Shawnee Hills 100. Our friend Stephanie Page is the new race director, and I'm sure she would uh, be more than excited to see you register and use RTS Save 10 as the code. So there's a 100-mile, a 100K, a 50K, and a half. RTS S-A-V-E-1-0 saves you 10%. That's pretty cool. And Laura Eriks is also the co-director now. Can't Mm -hmm. beat that. Thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. I know that. I just... (laughs) For whatever reason, I don't type that in my notes. So sorry, gotcha. sorry to Laura. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, let's go. Grab your glass of ninety proof and get ready. It's time for the Lace Up and Run podcast. The podcast that welcomes all ultra runners, trail runners, marathoners, and weekend warriors. Just don't show up with an empty glass. We give running insight and provide product reviews to make you a better runner. Now, get ready to lace up and run with your host, Tim Jarvis.
so I had a <clears throat> gentleman reach out to me about creating possibly a new show intro for us. Nice. Okay. He does a bunch of voiceover commercial type stuff. Now, how the hell he found me, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're a pretty but, big deal. Right. <clears throat> Something like that. All right, Dan. So he wants to create a intro commercial break thing and then the outro at the end using his voice and so forth. So, I mean, yeah, I, why not? I mean, I'm not out anything here, so. Cool. I like it. it. Rock on. Yeah, rock on. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to turn this camera around on you. You're the uh, star of the show here. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, hi. can't see. There oh, we are. there I am. There you are. <laughs> Been working all day. <laughs> Got a little tired eyes. So there's a rumor on the street that you did something big. <laughs> what you did? It was pretty big. I done did <laughs> the uh, River to River Trail from start to finish again. Yep. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, it's right. yeah, big deal. Yep. So uh, Elizabethtown, Illinois to Grand Tower, Illinois, 159 miles this time on my watch. So it's somewhere between 157 and 160. So. And. Yep. <laughs> Is there a new FKT? There, it, well, it's not been accepted yet because I have to write my race report. But yeah, yeah. is there a soon-to-be yeah. new FKT? There's a soon-to-be new FKT. Okay. Yep, right. self-supported FKT. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was the hardest thing I have ever done in the entirety of my life. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what was the time? Seventy-one hours. 48 minutes. Remember, you're on camera. <laughs> and 42 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and and my understanding is that shattered. Well, there's no previous self-supported FKT. And oh. no female has ever So then gone I did shatter it. it. I mean, I shattered my own like, goals, I guess. I mean, I finished pretty well, I think. Um, no female has ever submitted any FKT. At least none that's been accepted. So neither the unsupported, self-supported, or the supported except for me. So I went for self-supported, and uh, yeah, I think I uh, did pretty well with it, if I do say so myself. <laughs> I had to beat. I was required to beat the unsupported time, the previous unsupported time, in order right. for mine to count, because you have to. At least they would probably still let it fly because they separate females and males. So I would still have it, but I wanted to beat that unsupported male time. And I did do that by about 20 hours. So that's at least good. Only 20 hours. Yeah, about. So. Yeah, I mean, that can mean makeup. That's made up not really a big deal. Yeah, no. No, it's. Hey, well, I mean, you <laughs> said. <laughs> <a big> deal. <laughs> <clears throat> well, as I like to say, let's get in the meat and taters of it. I want to break it down. Like, break it down, break it down. Let's. Break it down. Let's talk. You know, day one, let's, let's mile by mile almost. I know we don't have enough time to do mile by mile, but Mm -hmm. we can uh, semi-condense. Day one was pretty tough. Let me silence my phone in case that's coming across my... I mean, you're such a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm huge. Um, So what time did you start? And Saturday morning, right? Saturday morning, 824. um, I dipped my toe in the Ohio River and I started my watch and then simultaneously started Strava on my phone because I wanted to have a backup in case my watch, something happened to my watch because I was going to try to get my watch to record the entire thing and then I was going to do Strava day by day. 
just in case something happened and I lost data. Uh, so I started my watch and then I started my phone, um, said goodbye to the Ohio and turned around and started walking up the, there's uh, some pavement and then some gravel before you get to the trail. So you've got about a mile and a half to warm up your leggies. Um, and so I ran a little bit and walked a little bit. And as I was running, I was like, oh shit, this pack is heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh I had and I've just begun this. Yes, exactly. I was super <laughs> worried. Um super worried. I it just felt super heavy. I had practiced it, you know, 12 miles on some long runs, but I think it was pushing 14 um this time. Uh, just cause my water bottles were totally full and I had a little bit more things in it than I carried when I was practicing. So it was about 14 pounds and it felt like a lot. It felt like a lot. And so I was like, I'm not even on the trail yet. And this already is terrible. <laughs> so I was worried. Um, but I think that, you know, after a little bit, your body adjusts to what you're making it do and just gives up on protesting and says, okay, let's do this. <laughs> so it settled down a little bit and felt a little bit better. One thing I wanted to ask you before we kind of get too far is your there was a concern with your drop bags, you know, just because unfortunately we live in a world of idiots. Mm-hmm making sure that they were going to be there when you got to them. Yep. Did you have any issues with that at all? All your drop bags They were remains? all there. Yep, all no, seven. No coons or grizzly bears or Nope, they didn't even look like anything had tried to touch them. Nope, I mean, because I, I had put uh, like a camo burlap over top of them, and then I had covered that with leaves and limbs. And mm-hmm. so I could tell if something had come up and tried to scrape away some leaves, and they all looked completely undisturbed. So. How did you know where they were at? <laughs> right. The harder that I, the, the further that I went on, the harder it was to find them again. And the harder it was to cover them back up. <laughs> I was yeah. like, can't I just leave all this stuff out? I'll come get it in a couple of days. But I didn't want anybody to see it there. So I would put it back in its hole, you know, cover it back up and then continue going on. They were all there. Yay, humanity. Yeah, good. Good to hear. That was something I was worried about. Me too. Um and then we'll get into the the nighttime with you in a minute, which was another concern of mine with you. But um, so day one, day one, yep. How so, day one go? Done. I mean, it was the trail was in way better condition than I thought it was going to be, which was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, the the front half had, of that trail is the horse poo area, so it is. It was the poop porridge area. Mm-hmm. So I was most concerned about uh, around High Knob Horseback Camp just a little before that. Um, uh, all the way, pretty much past Garden of the Gods was f- destroyed last year absolutely destroyed and Mm -hmm. so this year I was really curious to see if um if the trail had held up a little bit better because there weren't as many horses on it right now they're not really allowed to be on there on most of it until April 1st so I was coming in right under that deadline of when the horses were supposed to not be on it I mean there's always going to be some rule breakers there's always going to be horses out there but you don't have them in mass like you do as April 1st hits um so it was actually a little bit faster moving than I thought I was doing like a 17 minute mile which you know over that terrain with that pack I was super stoked about so I was moving along pretty well it just, I just didn't take into consideration how much longer it would take to get to places doing a 17 minute mile because I usually move a little bit faster than that. And so I wasn't even at my first drop, you know, by noon. I was like, whoa, I was like, man, I'm, I feel I'm so far behind and I'm coming through Garden of the Gods, you know, and the trail's beautiful. The bluffage is amazing. Um, and there were a bunch of people out. So I got to, you know, chat with some people and say, hey, how's it going? I met another hiker and uh he goes he goes weren't you the girl that run it last year like I saw your <laughs> I saw your YouTube videos and I was like yeah I 
did it. I'm the fool that's back out here doing it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, he goes, uh, you're more man than I am. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough, dude. Fair enough. <clears throat> so um, it was pretty smooth sailing. Ownership for- is the first step. Okay. <laughs> it was... It was pretty smooth sailing. Um, It just took a long time to filter water. You know, and my practice runs were only 20 to 30 miles, right? And so it just didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. Um, And I just didn't seem like I stopped as frequently uh, during this because I was really not wanting to stop. I wanted to keep going forward. So I was really rationing my water and I wasn't eating very much. And so I started to get really tired only with like 20, 25 miles in. And I was like, oh crap. I was like, I've got to check myself before I wreck myself. Hydrate, don't dehydrate. Um, And so I just said, accept, you know, the time, accept what it's going to be. If you're going to take 10 minutes to filter water, take 10 minutes to filter water because you're not going to be able to move forward if you're not drinking enough. Mm -hmm. So I just accepted that. And then I stressed out a little bit less, you know, just kind of accepted that it was going to be a long, slow journey and tried to get out of my mind that I was going for an FKT, just that I was trying to cover mile to mile. Um, So instead of thinking about the big picture, I really just started going mile to mile. And then later on, it was more like footstep to footstep. Um, But as I was coming through Garden of the Gods, there were people already setting up camp (laughs) for the night. So it's like four o'clock almost. And um, they're setting up camp for the night. And I'm like, I'm not even to my first drop. This is going to be a long day for the first day. But it was beautiful. The weather was amazing. The trails were in great condition. Um, I got to my first drop and it was there. Uh, I put it up a slight incline and then off to the side. And I was like, whose idea was this to go uphill more to get a drop? (laughs) So um, I uncovered it. It had an L8 in it. And so I popped that L8 and that was pure heaven. Um, Put a bunch of food up front uh, in my waist pockets because I found that if all my food was, if I only had a couple things in my waist pockets and then the rest of my food was in my actual pack, I did not want to take my pack off and get the food out. So I literally crammed as many Dan's bars and as many Honey Stinger waffles in those front pockets as I could get in them because if I didn't, I wasn't going to eat. And so then after my drop... Let's see. I dropped my gimbal at that spot because it's it's an entire pound. Um, So I was carrying that gimbal and I hadn't really used it a lot. It's just for stabilizing my iPhone. So if I want to run with it, um, it just makes a a nicer image. And I was taking a ton of photos and videos. I was having a a lot of fun actually out there. And, uh, and I was like, well, the gimbal is a whole pound. I'm not using this thing. So I left it behind um, in that drop, reburied it and then headed down into Herod. And I didn't stop and get it, but Herod has a church uh, by its post office, and I don't know the specific church, but it has a wonderful refrigerator full of supplies for through hikers. <clears throat> it's really? got cold water. It's got fresh fruit. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, so because I wanted to do the self-supported, I didn't want to take anything from the fridge. Um, but when I went and picked up my drop bag, I uh, left all of the other stuff that I had in it, like in the fridge. <laughs> so there's like some tuna packets, you know, honey stinger waffles, some rebuild tailwind. So just kind of helped contribute to that cause. Um, so if you're through hiking the trail or if you're hiking the section that goes through Herod, look for <clears throat> a little pavilion on the left by a church. I think it's red in color and there is a refrigerator underneath it that has a sign on it that says, welcome hikers. Um, please take what you need. And so it's super awesome to have cold water and fresh fruit out there. Um, so that, that is pure badassery. It right isn't there. It awesome. Like I love that little church. I don't know if I can that. use church and badassery in the same sentence, but <clears throat> I, I just I did. approve. Okay. 
Um, that's awesome. (laughs) That's cool. It really is. Yeah. Good for them. Yes. Uh, for sure. And, uh, so, um, hiked through Herod. There's a little bit of road, a little bit of gravel road. Um, some really steep uphills on gravel (laughs) where I was just like digging my hiking poles into them. Just like, eh, 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 eh. Um, and then, uh, entered the trail again. And all of this is on our 50 K for wicked pig. Yeah. Or sorry. Yeah. 60 K 60 K for wicked pig. Yep. Yep. And so I was uh, like pleasantly surprised at how awesome the trail was, was going. Um, and then this section right after Herod is my favorite, probably on the entirety of the trail, the section from, um, when you get into the one horse gap trailhead on, Mm -hmm. uh, in Herod and then all the way to Benham Ridge road trailhead, that section is amazing. Like, I didn't remember there being so much gorgeous bluffage. I don't know if it was because I was going a little bit slower this time. I just took a little bit more time to appreciate it. Um, But I went down to several of the overlooks. Just awesome. Um, uh, Little waterfalls coming through the rocks because we had had a lot of rain. Uh, So that section was absolutely glorious. And it really kind of lifted my spirits. Um, And I got to One Horse Gap. And One Horse Gap isn't technically on the River to River Trail. It's right off of it. But I hiked up it and came back down it just to get the experience of doing it. Um, And once I passed One Horse Gap, I came to this sign. And it had this little figurine on top of it. And I was like, as my eyes like focused on it, I was like, what is that? And it was a little unicorn with a purple mane I was like <laughs> no freaking way is there a unicorn in the middle of the woods on the sign on the river to river trail so um and at that point the sun was starting to go down pretty fast <clears throat> so I think that's mile so that's almost done with our race so I was almost at a 60k and the sun was pretty much down by the time that I got to our trailhead at Benham Ridge Road where we're gonna have people park for the for the start and then bust them and then they're right. going to finish there. Yep. So, um, <laughs> definitely sized up that parking lot. It's huge. And I sat down on the gravel and I put all of my night stuff on. I'm going to stop this real quick <clears throat> just yeah. because it overheats. GoPros tend to do that. And I feel it getting warm. So <laughs> we'll just let it sit for a couple I could have used that warmth on we'll Ridge Road. <laughs> you, uh, you brought up three things that I wanted to, yeah. to touch on before you get into the nightfall sure. here. So gimbal. Mm-hmm. One thing about my overheating GoPro that I really like is it has the gimbal in it. Yes, it's built built into it. It's really cool. Um, So we were doing some archery footage out here the other day, and I was moving around just as freely as I wanted. And if you go back and play it, it's just smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. Lovely. Um, That has nothing to do with your FKT on the River to River Trail. (laughs) Um, it does have amazing stabilization features. It the does. Go- it does. I almost got one. If it wasn't for the overheating and the short battery life. It just life. overheats like crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're only, the recording time on it was uh, like 11 minutes. Yeah, not even quite. Uh, no, it's, it's about 18 something. Okay, gotcha. Um, and it's already overheating. So yeah. it, it didn't alert me that it's overheating, but it, you can feel you can the feel heat. It. Problematic. Yeah. Hmm. Um, you mentioned having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I'm not very good at social medias. <laughs> I think we've kind of established that. Um, but I did make it a point to, because I, I'm i not married to you, and I'm probably not your closest friend in the world, but I do care deeply about you. So <laughs> I was trying to make sure you were good. You yeah. were okay. Yeah, and, for sure. Um, so I did jump on the Facebook a couple of times to watch some of your videos that you were putting out there. And that's when you said you were having fun. <clears throat> Everything about those videos screamed having fun (laughs) until the end (laughs) I mean you were you were energetic and fun and smiling and I mean like you're in your element you know 
Um, um, so I did. I, I I don't think that I would do it if it wasn't fun. Um, right. I mean, I, I no, have... you would. You're crazy enough. You would. <laughs> But I really enjoyed it. Um, that it was just such a pleasant surprise for the trail to, through Garden of the Gods to being in such good condition. It was uh-huh. such an improvement over last year. Um, not having poop porridge between your toes makes a huge difference uh, <laughs> in sure. your morale. <laughs> sure. So um, it was just, it was a beautiful day. I mean, it was like 100% clear, you know, sun shining. The wind was blowing just enough. I loved watching the trees dance up on the ridge lines. Like it was just a great day. Um, and it, it was, you know, fifties is perfect temperature for me for a run hike. It got a little cold at night <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but it was the, it was just so many wildflowers were coming out. Um, so I just really had a lot of fun just looking around and kind of enjoying things a little bit more than I did last year, because last year I was so focused on moving so quickly. Um, this year it was just more mile to mile, just keep moving forward. It doesn't really matter the pace, just get it done. So that segues into my third statement is the mile you talked about being in the mile of the trend. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a quote that I came across and I, I use it occasionally and I, I wish I could tell you who quoted it or who I'm quoting it from rather. Um, and maybe I'll do that if I find it again, but yeah, where the quote was stay in the mile that you're on. Mm-hmm. And I think about that and you can take that to a lot of different complex depths, but oh, for sure. But for me, that's I focus on that all the time. Ever since I've seen that, I'm like, you know, if I'm struggling, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I don't even have to be running. But, right, it can apply um, to anything. But let's just use running for this example because that's what we do. Um, that's what I try to do. Don't worry about the say it's a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about mile thirteen. Right now, I'm on mile six. Exactly. Focus on mile six. Yep. You know, stay in the mile that I'm on, and I, I think if if you're able to get your mindset there. Um, it can make a world of difference. For so sure. So you commenting on that a minute ago reminded me of that. But. Yeah, there's, um, and I don't remember, I think it's called Rocky Top. It's Tennessee. A, <laughs> yeah. It's a good song. It's a, it's a, a bluff that um, is, I think it's a little bit after One Horse Gap. And, you know, That's I went, not in Tennessee. It's not in Tennessee. No, okay. not Rocky yeah. Top, Tennessee, sadly. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and I went out on that bluff and uh, Wim Hof, I do some of his breathing exercises because if you can control your breath, you can control a lot of your body and a lot of how you respond to situations. Um, and so he frequently says in his like tutorials, like be in this moment. Which is a lot like, you know, be in the mile that you're in, be in this moment. Um, And so I just really kind of would, when I stepped out on those bluffs, I would just take a deep breath, you know, exhale in, look at the stars um, and just be in that moment and just appreciate the ability to do this at all, to even try to do it. You know, at that point, I didn't know if there was going to be success or failure, but it was just being grateful that I could even try something like this and that I get so much enjoyment out of it. So it's just a... It was a great experience that first day just because I had so much dang fun. <laughs> um, so after <clears throat> One Horse Gap, you get up to that Benimers parking lot, and mm. that's where it was pretty dark uh, at that point. So I got, I set my pack down, which I hate getting my pack off. I did not know before I did this how much I hate taking my pack off and on. <laughs> so <laughs> I sat down on the gravel, and I put this on. the Osprey <clears throat> pack that you, mm-hmm. okay. I love it. I love it. I just don't like having to take something off and put it back on and, you know, get into it and fiddle around with stuff. Sure, it just yeah. feels like it's it's taking a lot of time. But, um, sure. again, be in this moment. <laughs> so I was basically taking it off to prepare for the night run. 
Um, so I put on my Ultra Aspire waist light, uh, put on my headlamp. Um, I put an extra layer of bandana around my ears because the wind was whipping and it was getting pretty cold. Um, I put on a jacket. I put on two pairs of gloves. Um, and so I was basically preparing to just, you know, go as far as I could from that point um, without having to access my pack again on the inside. So Put, put a bunch of food in my pockets. I had cold soaked some oatmeal, which was ready. So it was like oatmeal, cacao nibs, uh, coconut, dried coconut milk, um, peanut butter powder, and it was delicious. Cinnamon. Um, um, I had cold soaked it so it was plump and it was so freaking perfect. <laughs> At any point in time till now, have we had any fireball? No, no fireball. Mm-mm. No fireball. No fireball first day. No fireball second day. You don't know how to do FKTs. I guess not. I need a tutorial. Carry on. (laughs) So um, I got ready for the night and the cold and then um, made it out to, there's a couple cemeteries that you pass in a row on a gravel road. So I got through those and I was basically entering Lust Creek Wilderness. Now you jumped to day two on me here. No, I'm still on day one. Oh. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still on day one. I'm still night hiking and running. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're for sure still on day one. (laughs) Okay. I thought you had stopped at the, at the 60 K mark. So, nope, nope. I, um, my drop was at 50.3 miles. So I didn't have a choice because my sleep stuff was there. Okay. So to force myself to go 50 miles the first day, you put all your sleep and stuff there. So you have no choice but to make it. Yeah. Bad move, but great move simultaneously. Um, so I, uh, was have I was going to have to go through the entirety of the Lust Creek Wilderness at night, which is hard to navigate during the day. So I had this like sinking pit in my stomach. I was like, there were so many coyotes out here <laughs> last year. <laughs> you know, like it's such a hard trail to follow here because sometimes it's just, it just looks like a bunch of leaves. Like you can't find the trail. There's no markers. It's just a bunch of leaves. And I was like, cool, cool. We got this because I've done it three times during the day now. Surely I can navigate this thing. And to add a little bit of insult to energy and in injury in the wilderness areas, the blue and white eyes are cedar um, they're natural cedar because in the wilderness areas, they don't want to put something that detracts from the wilderness area. You're talking about the trail markings. The trail markings mm-hmm. are the right. color of the trees that they're on. <laughs> so right. it's almost impossible to see. There's no reflectors on them. So when you're shining your headlamp on the other markers, they reflect back at you and you can see them. But in the wilderness areas, if you do have to go through them at night, there's no reflectors. There's nothing. You just have to hope that your eye you know, your eyes can make out that eye in the distance and you know that you're going the right way. And then there's always a Venza on your phone as a backup, which I would never do the trail at night without a Venza. Um, so I came through there pretty darn well. Uh, surprisingly, um, I, I didn't make a single wrong turn in the Lust Creek Wilderness at night. And I just attribute that to doing it, practicing it a couple times. Um, it was slow going That's for sure. That's down around Golconda. Uh, Yes, it is. That's where Lush Creek is. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, so it was slow moving. Um, my shins were starting to hurt. I get shin splints pretty bad. Um, even though I was wearing zero drops and trying to put everything I could back on my calf, <laughs> I was still getting shin splints already. So I was like, oh, good. Oh, good. We're not even, you know, like 100 <laughs> miles in and we got shin splints. This is cool. <laughs> So um, when I got to Les Creek, uh, I, I am also a big fan of like cold water therapy. And so I just stood in the creek for as long as I could handle it um, with the cold water just on my shin. So I just went into my knees um, and just stood in the cold water for as long as possible and um, just let that kind of cold water work kind of an anti-inflammatory effect. And I didn't actually have any pain and, you know, until I got to my drop and stopped moving. So I think it did kind of calm down 
whatever processes were happening with the inflammation, um, just standing in that cold water for a couple minutes did wonders. Um, and as I was almost to my stopping point for that first night, I thought I saw an animal in the woods because the forest was surprisingly quiet. I guess because it, it was getting down to 30, it was still kind of asleep. Everything was cold and not really wandering around. Because um, in April last year, there were so many whippoorwills and there were so many coyotes and owls and peeper, spring peepers, but the forest was so quiet. I was like, this is really creepy. <laughs> So I thought I saw an animal in my headlamp and I turned around and then I was like, okay, let's, let's, you know, spotlight this and see what it is. And I moved. And so my waist light was on it and it was somebody's tent. Oh no. <laughs> so 1130 at night, I definitely spotlighted somebody's tent. Um, and I think I figured out who it was and I've already apologized to her cause she was also <laughs> through hiking the river to river. <laughs> so, um, but she said that she was sleeping so hard. She didn't wake up. Didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. Never knew it. And I was, I felt so bad though. I was like, oh my God, that was a tent. I am a terrible human being. <laughs> um, and then I just climbed up to uh, the Lust Creek Trailhead on the other side, also known as Circle B, um, and that's where I slept for the first night. So, yeah. And our temperature was at? 30. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah. I made a last-minute call, though. Do you want to hear what I did? <laughs> well, yeah. That's what this is about. <laughs> so, so uh, well, actually, it was uh, my coach's idea, so Mike's idea. Uh, we were... Uh, talking about how cold it was going to be. Right. And I was like, this is for the record. I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is for the record where I was concerned for you. Okay. Yeah. That cold temperature. I I knew you Mm -hmm. navigating 150 plus miles wasn't going to be an issue. (laughs) I was concerned about the nightfall and the temperatures that we were looking at. And I get cold. Like I just mm -hmm. am cold almost all the time anyway. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely a little scary. And, uh, you know, earlier in the week when I looked at it, it was 34. And then the next time I looked at it, the low was 32. And then the next time I looked at it, the low was 29. And I was like, crap. I was like, my sleeping bag is a 30 degree bag. That is its absolute, like, that's as low as it can go, you know? And even then, that's a stretch. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a gray area. So what I did, (laughs) you're allowed to drop whatever you want, right? Uh, As long as you do the drop, you can drop whatever you want. And I dropped my whole vehicle. (laughs) I left Lilu, which is my Honda Element, at the Les Creek trailhead on that side and then got a ride to the start. So I dropped my entire vehicle so that I could at least get a good night's sleep the first night. Now there was nothing that I could do for the second night because you can't move it, you know, after, until you're finished. So I left my vehicle there and I slept uh, in my sleeping bag in the car the first night so that I could sleep well. And it worked out wonderfully. I didn't fall asleep till about 2.30 a.m. Um, but What time uh, did you arrive 12, 12.45-ish, 12.30, 12.45-ish, I got to the car. Um, I was so glad to see her. So you're (laughs) you're 15-ish hours into it at this point. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, I rubbed some CBD ointment, some um, ibuprofen ointment onto my shins just to try to calm them down. I was going to cold soak some dinner, but I was so dang tired I didn't want to wait for it, so I just ate the rest of the oatmeal that I'd already cold soaked from earlier. Yeah, dropped some Tailwind Rebuild and some water and chugged half a liter of water because I knew I was dehydrated, and so I was hoping that that was enough. You know, kind of wiped off with a wet wipe because I had gotten some thorn scratches and I just, you know, three days not cleaning those is not a, not the best idea because um, my legs are pretty dirty. So I wiped off with a wet wipe trying to clean all of that up and then just tried to crash. But my legs just, it's that extremely tired. The whole thing feels like, oh gosh, like a vibrating energy inside of it like it's that's what my legs felt like and so it was really hard to fall asleep so um (laughs) 
so I uh, fell asleep about 2.30 and uh, slept pretty well when I did finally fall asleep. And you slept how long? I slept until my alarm went off at 7.30. Okay, so five hours. Yes, and then which I... Which that was what you were targeting, yeah, right? exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then uh, I stayed in my sleeping bag just kind of peeking out and contemplating my life decisions for another 15 <laughs> to 20 minutes. Do I keep going or do I drive home? <laughs> I was like, when I sit up, how bad is it going to be? <laughs> um, and so I, you know, set up and I actually was feeling okay. I was like, all right all right, we got this. Um, and so I did some more Tailwind Rebuild mixed with instant coffee, which is so freaking good. Probably will do that on any camping trip that I do from now on is just instant coffee mixed with the caffeinated Tailwind Rebuild because it was a really nice bump to start the morning. Had some bacon. I definitely crammed in some bacon. There's nothing wrong with bacon. Nope. I did a lot of bacon on this trip. Yeah, and then um, the the night before, I forgot to say that I had gone through my pack and I had dropped as much stuff as I could. Uh, so I went down from like six wet wipes to two wet wipes. I went down from six ibuprofen to three ibuprofen. You know, like anything that I could decrease the weight, I left. And I left a couple things that were a little dicey. I left my rain jacket because I had looked at the forecast and it was only a 10% of rain, chance of rain max. And I had an emergency poncho with me. So I was like, worst case scenario, I'll put the emergency poncho on. Um, I dropped just so much stuff. I even dropped my cold soak container because I was like, I'll just pour the water in the bag, in the Ziploc bag, and I will eat the food right out of the Ziploc bag. I don't need an extra container, you know? So I was, my shoulders were hurting pretty bad. And so I was like, I need to drop as much weight as I can. Um, and I left my really warm beanie for my head <laughs> behind in Lilu, <laughs> which would be one of my worst decisions that I could make on this. So purposely did that. Yeah. Purposely okay. did that. Yeah. Cause I was like, ah, you know, like it wasn't that cold last night. It was fine. I, you know, as I was hiking to the car, I wasn't super cold, you know, I was cold, but I wasn't super cold. And I had a down jacket with me. Just the down jacket didn't have a hood. So it's a really lightweight down jacket that's packable into its own pocket. It's amazing and it's really warm, but it doesn't have a hood and it's pretty short. Um, But I had that with me and I was like, as long as I have that, I'm going to be warm. Um, So I left as much stuff as I could and took off for day two. Okay. So you you talked about weather. You really, other than, at least from what I remember, other than your nightfall, which the temperatures dropped quite a bit, Mm -hmm. you really had pretty damn good weather i mean during the day was amazing my gosh i could not have asked for better weather yeah seriously no rain at all that i know of Mm -mm. right yeah nope no rain at all um i maybe saw some of the distance one time and that was it uh it was just absolutely perfect i could not have had three better days for this that's awesome Mm -hmm. okay so maybe before we hit day two yes that might be the good time to take the commercial break. Can I have some more bourbon? Refill the libations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe relieve oneself of the libations that came beforehand. <laughs> can, we, can we say that on a podcast? You got to pee, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it might, it might be that. All right. So I'm going to hit pause. <laughs> okay. The listening audience will not know the difference. Burb. Here we go. This is a good opportunity to tell you about the new Saucony Kinvara 13. Mm, it's fire. Yeah, Saucony Kinvara 13 is now lighter than ever. The uh, version 13 is flawless, fast, and light as a feather. Feel nothing but the determination to kick it into high gear. Uh, Kinvara is light and responsive with power run cushioning, which adds spring to your stride. A more beveled midsole and streamlined midfoot contouring give you a super smooth, super fast ride. You know what I refer to the uh, Kinvara as? I call it the catch-all. I don't know it's if you've ever heard shoe. me say this to customers or not, but Kinvara to me is 
it's super lightweight. It it has enough cushioning that if you want to stretch it out and say do a half marathon in it, you mm-hmm. can do so. You can. Um, but it's not overly cushioned, and so it's uh, it's a perfect short distance shoe. But you can still stretch it out. It's just a good quality um, all around. Catch all is. is what I call it. That's a good term so for it. Check out the new Saucony Canvara 13 at RTS Sports. Did your shoes come untied? Yeah, well, drinking bourbon will do that. Fill your glass and welcome back to Lace Up and Run. Oh, yeah, and retie your shoes. Did you get your shoes retied? I'm wearing Hoka or a recovery sandals. Yeah. So did you get them retied? Yeah, they're totally retied. <laughs> okay. Good to go. <laughs> so we're moving into day two. Yep. Day so, two. So uh, nobody wants to look at me on this camera, so let's <laughs> swap it around back to the star of the show. If you didn't know, this is Lindsay Roberts that's with us. I'm, Hello. I'm sure by now we've established that, but okay. Yeah. Uh, so day two, we've uh, we've made probably the safest choice of night stay number one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, sleeping in the car, totally cool with FKT because um, the self-supported FKT, I mean, you can even buy a hotel room if you want because it's considered you're supporting yourself. Uh, so sleeping in my car, as long as I did the drop, is 100% okie dokie, and it was definitely safer and better for me in terms of getting a a complete night's sleep. So I did feel like I got a good solid five hours, um, which definitely would help me get through (laughs) the next 107 miles that I had to go. Have you ever seen Elf? Yes. So you just saying that I got a good solid five hours reminded me of him (laughs) saying, I got a whole seven minutes or whatever. (laughs) Whatever the phrase is, but anyway. I got a whole top five hours. That's where my mind goes. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> um, and so when I started down the trail, I felt pretty good. Um, everything's a little tight, obviously. Um, but the only thing that was really hurting was my left shin. And I have plates and screws in that left ankle, so those shin splints usually come on first. Whammies. Whammies. <laughs> no whammies on this one, though, right? Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> Whammy. Okay. Uh, and I don't. Uh, All make, right, Dan. <laughs> so yeah. So I'm. I'm. I start down the trail, and it's. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, feeling pretty positive about the day. It's another gorgeous day. The forecast had said mostly cloudy, but it was full sun. Uh, you know, like there weren't any really yeah. clouds in the sky until later in the day. I was like, this, this is Sunday, awesome. Right? Yeah. Yep. I had dropped my sunscreen. I had left my sunscreen in the car because I was like, oh, it's mostly cloudy. I'm not going to need mm-hmm. any sunscreen. And so girl starts burning almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, weatherman. Well, Sunday was a nice day. It was. It was absolutely glorious. Yep. So uh, just cruising on down the trail, um, still able to run and power hike. So I was mostly running the flats and the downhills that were not super rocky and then power hiking the uphills and just kind of switching off as much as I could. So are we still 17 minute pacing here or are we? Yeah, we're falling a little behind a 17 minute pace. <laughs> okay. A little behind. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was getting slower and slower and slower. Uh, and I was letting it happen because pushing, you know, like trying to push when I was already feeling pretty tired and my left shin was already hurting wasn't the best idea. Um, so after uh, Circle B, like that Lust Creek Wilderness, you start making your way over to the Shawnee 100 race course. 
Um, and so I knew when I got there, I was going to be super excited because I've got good memories from that race course. I've raced the hundred miler there. And then now two of my good friends are the race directors and I'm going to be helping at an aid station this year. So I was pretty pumped. Um, but the problem was, is that after I got through Eddieville and passing by shotgun Eddie's without getting breakfast <laughs> was absolute torture. <laughs> I ran by it and I was like, <laughs> want some pancakes <laughs> but self-supported so i um i mean i could have bought you could have pancakes. cooked them i could have bought pancakes and it would have been totally legal with self-supported fkt but i was really trying to lean as much as i could toward unsupported um and so i passed by shotgun eddie's reluctantly <laughs> and then uh <laughs> entered the woods again and um this is the double branch hole, which is a really weird name, I think. Double branch hole. The double branch hole ecological area. That is a mouthful. And the trails were tore up from the dang floor up. I don't know why they were so bad, um, but they. I don't know if they had just gotten more rain um, on that part of the trail than at Garden of the Gods. If you know something had missed Garden of the Gods that had hit them. But uh, there were some huge or like horse hoof post holes. Like it looked like they were literally digging post holes out there. Um, just so deep, um, pretty mucky in areas. And it was just way slower going than I thought it was going to be. So that kind of got me like a little sad early on because I really was feeling good. And then I can't move, you know, like you can't really yeah, right. push through stuff like, like that. Like you're in sand. Exactly. Yep. You just can't really push through it. Um, mm -hmm. There's no fast maneuvering. Um, and you know, if you, if you try to go around one of those giant mud puddles, cause everybody's like, why don't you just go around it? Well, then you're in the woods with thorns, you know, like the trail is the trail for a reason. Right. You know, if you try to go off trail, then you're either going to get thwacked with all these little tree branches that are like switches, you know, and that's what tears up my legs is. And that's where I have the most cuts and thorns from is going around those giant mud puddles. So it's slow going whether you do that or whether you try to go through them. Um, so there's no real good option there. So really the first 20 miles of day two was completely soul sucking. Oh geez, 20 it, miles of that. 20 miles of that. It was so dang hard. And there were good areas and there were beautiful creek crossings. You know, there are lovely areas, um, you know, coming out on Millstone Bluff and going across the levee. Uh, just that area is, is wonderful. Um, and it was, it was, the trails were okay in some of those parts, but a good majority of it was pretty tore up. Um, so I was not excited about it. <laughs> um, I did come through Tin Whistle again, which is, um, a really cool underpass that goes under a railroad tracks and it's very minimal. And I've always wanted to be in there when a train goes overhead and I still have not been in there when a train goes overhead <laughs> so someday I was like maybe this time no so um lots of steep rocky climbs on that section um I met some horseback riders uh riding and uh, I was like hey guys and it was two ladies and they're like you go girl <laughs> I was like I'm going <laughs> but it was tough it was really tough um when I, I don't normally get super excited about road, but uh, the last thing that you do before you get to the road that day is you just hike up a power line corridor um, and then you get out by the boot ranch, which is one of my favorite places on the trail because it's this really cool farm and it has boots overturned on all of the poles on the fences. <laughs> That's cool. So the fence poles are just boots and then they've got this really cool like outdoor museum of all of these old farm implements, um, like non-electrical 
uh, non-gas powered implements. And so it's really neat because they've got, it's just really cool how they have it all set up out there. So it is like this little outdoor museum. So I enjoyed that. And I was really glad to be on the road for two miles. Um, so it's like a short two mile stretch of gravel and, um, Gravel. I mean, from here, you're 100, 100K into it probably, right? Yes, I, I'm yeah. actually almost at the halfway point. Okay. Yeah. Did you say that already? No, I did okay, not. Good. Yeah. So, um, my memory is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I was exhausted. Uh, it, I looked back at my Facebook live, live video when I was walking beside the boot ranch and I just <laughs> looked like shit. <laughs> like my eyes are all puffy. Like it was already starting to get cold again. Uh, and I was just worn out and I still had 34 miles to go that day. Um, and oh, <laughs> yeah, so it's just, it was just, you a, voluntarily signed up for this. Yes. I did. Okay. Right. And, and I was still having some fun in in some parts but that first 20 miles that second day was probably the hardest part other than the very end yeah Um, it sounds brutal just because it's you can't get in a good groove when the trail is pretty much destroyed um and and some of those sections the trail was fine it's just so rocky that i can't run that much rock with 14 pounds on my back i just i can't humanly it's not humanly possible for me um so it's just a lot of navigating through some really really technical trail on some of those parts i get it i mean to a very small degree <clears throat> this doesn't even come close to comparing to what you're talking about, but when we hiked uh, Godwin mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, there was a good, I'm going to call it half mile, maybe even mile stretch where we had to get off a trail yeah. um, because the horses had tore mm-hmm. it up, you know, so, and you just can't go through that. I mean, it's no. rutted up and, and it, it's tough. It's You're going to smoke your ankles trying to move through the exactly. actual trail itself so you have to get off of it and then you know you're dealing with all the the forest growth and everything mm-hmm. else that comes along with mm-hmm. that but. and thankfully I didn't get any ticks the ticks are out but they're not crazy right now yeah, and the 30 yet, degree yeah. nights were really knocking them back um, and so it was a little bit I feel a little bit better about going off a little bit of the trail but the thorns are still there it's not like the thorns lose their thorns over winter <laughs> they're right. still there right um and you you talk about ankles man you know, everybody's like, don't your knees hurt? And I'm like, not a single bit, not even an ounce of pain in my knees, but my ankles are destroyed. Like I still have one of them braced today and I ended on Tuesday um, because just the horse hoofs, you're just turning in and out and yep. in and out and every which way possible. Um, but uh, so after that little stretch by the boot ranch, um, you go into the Max Creek area, which is also a little bit slow moving. There's some really nice runnable trail through there, but also some really, really rocky stuff that I just can't run with that much weight. Max Creek is beautiful. Um, it's a nice little, I think it's about three miles of trail. And then you come out onto a road called Taylor Ridge Road, which is a pretty long gravel road. And I had my drop for day two, my first drop for day two off of Taylor Ridge Road, kind of hidden in the woods. Um and so I got to that drop. I saw that AL8, and I just chugged that bad boy. Where are we at? Time frame. We're at five o'clock. Okay. So I've only gone like twenty-six miles, ish, and it's five o'clock. You know, so I only have two more hours of daylight, and I still have to go twenty-six-ish more miles, twenty-eight, oh, twenty-eight miles, because my goal for day two was to stop at fifty-four miles. Um, 54 miles for that day. So it would have been 104.9, uh, total. So, um, I got into my drop bag and I found a Snickers that I forgot I put in there. And when I put it in there, I was like, I'm going to forget that this Snickers is in here. And then I'll be really excited. I saw that Snickers. I was like, yes, so pumped. Uh, 
refilled with dance bars, um, a bunch of tailwind. It's the small things, you know. It really is. A bunch of tailwind um, and uh, chug some water. And uh, I went ahead and put on my jacket and my night stuff and my headlamp so I wouldn't have to stop again soon. Um, And I did make my oatmeal in the plastic bag just hoping that it wasn't going to burst in my backpack. (laughs) And uh, What a mess that would be. Right? (laughs) And then started hiking. It's about two miles of uh, gravel road. Um, and the sun was going down and I was marching right into it and it was gorgeous. It was a wonderful sunset. There were like reds and purples and yellows and oranges. And I was pretty thankful that I was. Were you, you painting know. your pain cave? Pain, I could spit out pain cave. Pain cave. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I don't think I was like super into the pain cave at that point because I was so thankful to be off trail for a minute and just give my ankles a break that I was pretty upbeat. Sure. Um, and I was only at the end of Taylor's Taylor Ridge Road. You take a right onto the highway, and you're only a mile from the halfway point. So, you, like that halfway point was a big deal because I felt like if I could get to that halfway point on day two, then I would be able to at least crawl the last half if I had to. So, um, I'm hiking along the highway, and I actually don't know what highway it is right now, but it's a highway. <laughs> And Goddard Crossing is the halfway point. They call it like the Great Divide on the sign. Uh, And uh, I was almost to that and a van passed me and it definitely slammed on its brakes as it was passing (laughs) me. And so immediately I go like, okay, what is this? What is this? You know, what is this person doing? You know, is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? Um, Because you never know uh, when you're when you're hiking by yourself at dusk. And uh, and then it came up behind me and it followed me for a little bit and then it pulled off in front of me, kind of like blocking my path. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, so I grabbed my pepper spray you know, got out my little like self-defense tool. And I'm like, what are we going to do here? And it was this super nice lady. Just (laughs) concerned for you. Yeah, she was. She rolled down her window and she goes, girl, it's going to get cold tonight. She was like, do you have a place to stay? And I basically was like, hiking on the trail is where I'm going to (laughs) stay. Because I wasn't going to be done till about 4 a.m. at that point. So because I was doing the math in my head and I was I was laughing because she's like, do you have a place to stay? And I was like on the trail moving forward. Um, And so I basically kind of told her as quickly as I could what I was doing. I was like, I'm trying to set a fast time on this. You know, I'm I'm through hiking. I'm going to just keep moving. And as long as I'm moving, I'm not cold. So I'll be okay. And she was like, she left her going that crazy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you wouldn't believe what I just saw. Right. Uh I don't even like to drive that far. <laughs> yep. Her her phone call that night to uh, Emmy Lou, I, I could only imagine the, the words yeah. that were being said. She was amazing, though. I mean, just really concerned. But uh, she pulled off and waved goodbye and said good luck. Yep. Good. So I got to Goddard Crossing. I took a couple. Kudos that she cared. Yes, you know? exactly. Yeah. Many people would just drive her on by. Mm-hmm. So. And a lot did. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I got to Goddard Crossing and... Uh, I was super thankful that I was at least at the halfway point. There's just kind of a weight that's lifted off your shoulders once you're counting down rather than counting up. You know, sure. it's almost yeah, like sure. I'm over halfway, so here we go. Um, and I was still hiking right toward this beautiful sunset, and there was so much purple in it. I was like, oh, I saw, you know, like I saw a unicorn with a purple mane. Now I've got this purple sunset. <laughs> Purple's my favorite color for you guys that don't know. So I was super stoked and super pumped, and I was like, let's just, you know, let's go. You know, let's go. Let's do this, and let's keep going. Um, and so I was hiking toward Dutchman's Lake at this point. Um, there's a small section of trail uh, before you kind of get to that d- d- like wilderness that's right before Dutchman's Lake. Um, you pass over the Tunnel Hill Trail 
And I said, hey, Tunnel Hill, because I get to do that 100 miler uh, in, in November. So I'm now switching to speed training, which should be fun and interesting. But uh, uh, that's one of my favorite trails, too. So I always pause and kind of salute Tunnel Hill Trail. Um, and then I started after the Tunnel Hill Trail and, and about a mile into it, I started noticing a lot of down pine trees. And I was like, what's going on here? You know, like what came through here? What is happening? And um there was still a little bit of light. It was like dusky. And so I could kind of make out the trail. And as it got darker and darker and darker, it got worse and worse and worse. And there was a point where there was like this huge tree down in front of me, two down beside me, you know, like I didn't know where I had come from and I couldn't find the trail anywhere. Uh, I was, it was just insane how many trees down there were in Dutchman Lake. Uh, and I just, uh, started to kind of freak out a little bit for sure. Cause it was cold and I was moving too slow. I was having to climb. I was either having to climb over the big pine trees and they still had the green on them. They still had all the evergreen. So I don't know when they had fallen, but it was you know, recent enough that, um, they still had the, like the foliage was, you know, still green and hadn't turned brown and died yet. Logging them or what? No, I think it was a storm. Yeah. Because they were across the trail. They don't normally, you know, log and, and leave them across the trail like that. And I did get, because I, I had contacted um, Bill Gilmore, the president of the River to River Trail Society, and I told him how bad it was coming through there. Mm-hmm. And um, he contacted me and told him told me that, uh, I think it was uh, Thursday, they went and cut them all. So they cleared the trail now. So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Perfect timing. Thanks, guys. Right. Monday, Thanks so much. Monday morning quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but it got bad. It got real bad. It got bad to the point where I was starting to freak out for sure. Um, it was just, I was either crawling under them. I was having to go, you know, almost a quarter mile. Like just, they were huge and I just could not believe how much work I was putting in and making no forward progress. So there got a point where I was, um, uh, I, I was like, okay, I'm on runnable trail again. Great. And I got out of Inza just to see where I was. And I was off the map. I was like, not on the river to river trail anymore. And I was like, holy shit balls. I was like, I'm finally on good trail hell am I at? and I'm not <laughs> on the damn river to river trail. Right. And I looked over and there was a truck that was like slowly following me. Like you could see because there were, there weren't any foliage on the trees. Like it was just headlights that were kind of parallel in me. And I was super afraid I was on private property. At this point, because I maybe I was on some dude's property. I didn't know what was going on. And so I kept going a little bit and I was like, well, I'm not coming back around to the trail. So we've got an issue. Um, and so I was like, well, if I'm on this guy's property and he's paralleling me because he's seeing this light in the woods and wondering what the heck is somebody doing out there? Uh, I didn't want to get shot at night. So I turned around and ran and, and ran back. And so I found the spot where I was supposed to take the trail. There was a turn and I found no trail whatsoever. So I was like, okay, I've got this truck over here and I've got no trail anywhere. And I'm just standing there freezing. And How I'm far like, out of the way do you think we've gone at this point? Oh, I was probably total of a half a mile, like a quarter mile out and a quarter mile back. Okay. And so I can't find the trail. I mean, I turn on the brightest light setting on the ultra spire light, the brightest light setting on my headlamp, and I couldn't find it anywhere. It was just a tree carnage. And so I was like, well, the only thing that I know to do is to just keep my phone out with a Venza on there and bushwhack. And if I have to do that for too long and I get too cold, then we're going to have to try to emergency camp and start a little campfire. Um, And so I got my phone out and I started hiking to Avenza and 
sometimes I could see like something that resembled a trail, maybe. Um, but I knew that I only had about half a mile to go until I was actually at Dutchman Lake Road, where the entrance to the, like, where you get to the dam and you can go across yeah. the dam. So I was like, I just have to make it a half a mile. You know, like, that's all I have to do. Just one foot in front of the other, just bushwhack through this at night. Another one of those stay in, in the, the mile dark. you're on. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so I just kept moving forward um, and just made sure that my blue dot was on the red line on Avenza. And I eventually came out right where I was supposed to at Dutchman Lake, but I never found the trail. It said I was wow. on it the whole time, but I, I mean, I'm used to looking at trail and knowing what trail looks like and finding trail in the dark and I could never find it. Um, so I, uh, came out at the levee at the, at Dutchman's Lake. Yeah, it was, it was the, some of the videos that I took, like you can tell I'm freaking out. I like, and I'll make some YouTube videos of this, but you can definitely like hear my voice like cracking. Like I am freaking out because it's too cold to be messing around in the woods and lost <laughs> basically. Well, yeah. Um, and so I got to Dutchman's Lake and I was so relieved. I was like, I know this area. Like I know where I am. I know that I'm on top of the levee that's right next to the lake. So I was excited. Are you going to sneeze? I thought I was going <laughs> to muted myself because I thought I was going to sneeze, but then it Your passed. Your face was funny. <laughs> I know. I was trying to fight it off and then I'm like, no, nope, I'm getting ready to do it. So I muted myself and then you said, are you going to sneeze? And then it went away. <laughs> So then um, after I crossed the levee, I, there was a little bit more of the Dutchman Lake area and I got through that fine. And then it's like, oh man, it's a long road walk to Fern from there. I think it's six miles. So six miles of road from um, like the Dutchman's Lake area over to Ferncliff. Um, and that was, you know, I just did a run walk moving as fast as I could. Um, I think at this point it's like one in the morning uh, or probably 1230, 1230. Uh, and I'm, you know, making, okay, I'm moving forward. You know, I'm not in a ton of pain. I'm just extremely tired and I'm cold. Sure. Um, and so then I got into Ferncliff and as soon as my feet hit Ferncliff, I was like, I am home. <laughs> like I've run so much on that trail. So Ferncliff is, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Your home, not that you're, that's where you're setting up camp. Your home right. is just My home is in, I know this place. Familiar, familiar yes. Familiar. Yeah. I don't, I can turn my brain off a little bit because I don't have to look constantly for, for the river to river trail gotcha. signs. Yep. So I can turn off my brain a little bit, um, and just kind of focus on moving forward with a little more strength, um, mm -hmm. because I don't have to keep looking for signs or keep bringing out my phone. Like I know the path through Fern. Um, so I made my way through Fern pretty darn quickly. Um, rumor has it you want to... <laughs> A race there, you yeah, did a hundred plus miles. The last it. Boy Scout, and I'm not yeah. like like I was definitely when I was on part of the last Boy Scout. <laughs> when I was on part of the last Boy Scout, I was definitely like, okay, you're the last Boy Scout. Get your ass up this hill. <laughs> like I was definitely talking to myself, <laughs> and sometimes out loud. Like it wasn't just in my head. There was out loud talking <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, so I uh, made it through Fern. And then there's a left and you're heading like kind of into Goreville and you're heading toward no drop bags, no food. I mean, uh, not till I get to 104.9 miles, man, I'd be hungry. Well, I was eating the whole dang time, you know, trying to, I had that Snickers bar. Reckon what you like to eat in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was eating some bacon, Dan's bars, honey stinger waffles, okay. some uh, dates, some freeze dried fruit, you know, so I was eating and I was drinking fine. Um, it was just a lot of miles moving slowly as I, as I was, <laughs> um, but I made my way out onto the, uh, blacktop at kind of near the top of the Boy Scout Hill. The trail doesn't come out at the top of Boy Scout. It's kind of right next to it. And then you make a left turn and you're going to the Borks Falls area. 
So um, I get into, so it's like maybe another two miles of road. So I kind of power hawk, run, power walk, run as much as I could and um, got into the Borks Falls area. And this is where, <laughs> this is where I saw these, these giant eyes in the woods, oh, no. giant. And like my headlamp hits them and I'm like, what is that? And as I get closer and closer to it, they're not moving. Not moving. And I'm like, okay, anything that's not Ow. moving at this point, like, okay, so I got out my pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> Always get out the pepper spray. And, you know, <laughs> it was a bunny. <laughs> that's not an owl. No, but it was no. it was a little rabbit. And uh, and it didn't, it didn't, it never moved. I guess it's, it's, you know, its thing was just to freeze. All the other ones had run right. off, you know, but that one was just like freezing and holding its eyes with me. I was like, okay, cool. I've seen a lot of giant eyes in the woods over the course of my life. And usually it turns out to be like a barred owl or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. yeah. No, there, I did not hear, I think I heard one owl the whole time. Really? As much night hiking as I did, the woods were so quiet this wow. year. It was the quietest that I've ever been through the woods ever. Um, and so I got into the Borks Falls area and it's like 1230, one o'clock in the morning. No, it's actually more like 130 in the morning, 130 in the morning. And I hear a four wheeler and I'm like, why in the hail is there a four wheeler out here? So I text a friend and they're like coon hunting, maybe, you know, like I wouldn't freak out, probably just coon hunting. I'm like, okay. So I did freak out a little bit cause I'm like a four wheeler in the middle of the night and I'm out here by myself. I don't like it. I just sure. don't like it. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it's going to outrun you. If, right. If That's one of the things that can outrun me. Right. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, I just kept moving forward and it kept kind of getting closer and closer and closer. And then I guess it made a turn cause I never saw it. And then it started sounding further and further away. Total yeah. relief there. Um, and so I, uh, Get uh, out of the Borks Falls area. I had to go through the place where I fell through the ice. <laughs> this time it was just deep water, no frozenness. I was that like, wasn't that long ago. It was not. I was like, I don't think I'm going to have to fall through the ice today to get over this creek. Um, and so I come out at Borks Falls uh, Trailhead, and I am so close to being done for the day. My done spot is at Hilltop Campground. I've got a drop hidden in the woods there. I'm going to camp on the grass and it's, you know, I'm so close. I can almost taste it. I'm like, I got this. And then there is a car sitting at Borks Falls, just sitting there. And I'm like, why are all these people out here in the middle of the night on a Sunday night? I'm like, nope. okay, it's 1:30 in the morning and there's just some dude sitting in this car at the top of Borks Falls. Now, granted, maybe he was stopped there because you couldn't get across because the water was super high. I have no idea. So he was just sitting there and with his bright lights on. And I'm like, I have to go across this super slick algae, you know, like the water's kind of rushing. I've got to find a path. And so I kind of waved and did this and he turned his brights off so I could actually see to go across the area. Um, and so I made it across and he just just kept sitting there. And I was like, <laughs> okay, man, you do you, I'll do me. There, just, there is absolutely no telling, man. Nah, no telling. And uh, I was like, you do you, I'll do me. Just don't bother me. Um, and there are... <laughs> The hill hiking out of Borks Falls area is so steep. <laughs> I was hiking up, digging my hiking poles in, and I was like, I want to chuck this in the bucket. <laughs> you can say that. This is a podcast. You can say it. I can? Yeah. Okay, chuck it in the bucket bucket. <laughs> no, you can't say that now. I got to I gotta mute it out now. Really? No. Okay. I don't ever know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want. So I uh, hiked out of there, and then I am so dang That's my quote, tired. by the way. 
It is your quote. I got it from okay. you. And I said it so many times on the third day. Um, and so I, <laughs> I, bet. I, I get to the road, the asphalt, and I'm like, okay, it's got to be within the next mile. And it was. It was. I was about a mile out. Uh, it's about 3 a.m. Um, and so I roll into Hilltop about 3.15 and I grab my bucket and I get it out and I set up a bucket bucket or a different bucket. This is a bucket that I do not want. <laughs> this you don't want to chuck bucket. this one. Okay. I don't want to chuck it. No, okay. this is a good bucket. <laughs> and so, um, I get out my tarp, like my ground tarp. It's just the like three M, uh, really thin, like 0.7 mil or something. Um, ground cloth that painters use. And so mm-hmm. that was my footprint. And then I put my bivy on top of that, which is like a teeny tiny little sack for your tent or for your sleeping bag. No tent, no tent. I wish I would have had a tent. Um, uh, yeah. and then I tried to put the, um, stake out a tarp over top of me, hoping that that would keep me a little bit warmer. No, no, it was very cold. It was it was very 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 cold. Next time, I would definitely take a sleeping like pad that you can inflate mm-hmm. and to put between myself and the ground because all I had was that really really thin like Walmart egg crate uh, egg crate foam. Um, so it's extremely thin, and I was very very cold. I had on my down jacket. I had on a sweatshirt. I had on sweatpants. I had on socks. I had activated some hand warmers and body warmers that were in my bucket and I put them on my feet. I had one on my lower back. I have one on my neck. Um, and I just really wanted my beanie that I had left in Lilu to cover <laughs> and my it head. it all comes back full circle. <laughs> yeah, my beanie. I wanted my beanie so bad. So I took like three bandanas and just tried to tie them over my head in like some sort of fashion so I wasn't losing so much heat because the bivy has a huge screen like a mesh screen where your face is so that you don't get a bunch of condensation because otherwise you would just be in a giant plastic bag which would not work well for a down sleeping bag it would get wet and then be too cold anyway so you know it's a really great sleep system if it's about 40 or above not 30 it was just a little too cold it was windy so the there's just it was bad (laughs) it was real bad um so I didn't really sleep very much um uh maybe like two hours three hours tops so at this point how many times did you want to say f this I'm out no none none so not not once did Mm -mm. you ever consider not not nope gone Mm -mm. she gone no once I reached the halfway point I was in for sure. Like, I mean, I was in from the beginning, but once I got that halfway point, I knew that like, I just kept telling myself it's all downhill. You know, we're over halfway done. And at that point I was over a hundred miles in, you know, so at 104.9, I've only got 52 miles for day three. So I had a, a shorter day for day three, you know, like I had already come this far. I was like, I can crawl, you know, I don't have to be at work till Thursday. So I could technically crawl all day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and finish <laughs> and still this make thing it Thursday. and still make it to work on Thursday. So I am doing this thing. Where do you work? Uh, you know, a place called RTS Sports. Oh, okay. It's a little special run, running specialty shop. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah. A bunch of pretty cool people work there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least one. <laughs> I won't say who. Mike. <laughs> Sorry, taking a sip of libation. Nothing wrong with that. I'll join you. That's a good one. (laughs) I mean, at this point, I've done damn near 120 miles of this. Right? I need libations. Yeah. Are you exhausted? I'm already exhausted. (laughs) So I slept like absolute ass. Uh, But I knew that like I would have enough endorphins, hopefully, to get me through day three because I was close to done. I thought you were wearing Olympuses. (laughs) Ah, dad joke. Bam. Oh, I have a really good dad. If my joke. daughter were in here, she'd walk out just now. She'd be like, "Nope, I'm gone." Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
I actually stayed in my sleeping bag, even though I wasn't sleeping. I stayed in there a little bit later. And so I don't even think I crawled out of my sleeping bag. I think I think that I got in it officially, like with everything set up and I ate a bunch of calories and drank a bunch of water. I think that I officially got in my bag at about 5 a.m. And so then I stayed in my bag until about 1030. So I didn't sleep a whole lot, but I, at least I was off my feet. Um, I put a bunch more cream, uh, uh, anti-inflammatory cream on my shins because they were barking. Uh, and at this point, my back had just decided that it was going to, you know, it was fine. You know, like my shoulder muscles, my trapezius became this, and like, and it still is, a giant crunchy ball of like buttress, you know, because it was <laughs> having to support my pack and it hurt so much day one, didn't hurt day two, didn't hurt day three. I think it accepted its fate as the load bearer mm-hmm. and just sucked it up. <laughs> but my shins just never stopped yelling at me, which was unfortunate. But uh, other than that... um, you know, that was that was night, day and night, too. The whole thing with the hand, has, has it started at this point? Nope. Or is, okay, so we haven't got to that yet. Okay. We haven't got to the losing feeling in the right hand yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. All right. <laughs> and I think it's just from using my hiking poles so much at the end, from not being able to really walk. I was just dragging myself with my hiking poles. Um, so. What time in the morning are we talking about? So I get up, I get up and I'm moving and, uh, I have some bacon. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) (laughs) I drink some bacon or drink some bacon. I have some bacon. I drink more recovery tailwind, (laughs) drink more recovery tailwind with some instant coffee, uh, ate a Dan's bar, just trying to pack in a bunch of calories to start with. Cause I wasn't feeling great. Like I was okay, but I was feeling a little weak. Uh, so I packed everything up and I had a decision whether or not to bring my sleep system with me or to leave it behind at Hilltop. Like, am I going to sleep again or am I going to do this thing and go through the night tonight? Because to finish this, I already knew as soon as I started that I was going to have to hike through the night. And so I was like, well, I could take one thing and in an emergency situation, use it. So that's what I did. I left behind my bivy and all of my tarps and I just brought my sleeping bag. So I could, I figured if worst case scenario, if I had to sleep and it was really cold, I was going to put my emergency blanket on and then my sleeping bag and then wrap my sleeping bag in my emergency poncho. And I figured that that would be warm enough to, you know, I would survive the night fine. Um, And so that was my plan because I needed to drop as much weight as possible. So I left my sleeping pads. I left my bivy. I left everything uh, at Hilltop in that bucket. (laughs) I was like, bye bucket. I hope I don't need to. Packed up uh, a bunch of food in the front, uh, filled up my bottles and off I was on 52 miles to go. That's it. <clears throat> That's it. You're oh. so close to the end. So close. You're 52 miles. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. So day three. Mm-hmm. My shins started hurting immediately. <laughs> Not much you can do about them. I mean, shin splints are shin splints. Yeah. Um, and so I knew they ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. <laughs> once they're once they're splintering, they're splintering. Yep. Um, and so I knew that. I mean, and I was wearing compression socks from the start. You know, I put on a new pair of compression socks every day, and I think that helped a ton, but it just isn't enough, you yeah. know, when you're doing that much damage and carrying. I mean, I was just carrying a lot of weight. It's not a cure. It's just an it's aid. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, and so uh, day three was beautiful again. <laughs> like, I got so freaking lucky. There were a couple clouds in the sky, but not much at all. Not much at all. Um, so today was the day that I was going to be li- like in my backyard, backyard. So I, I live in Carbondale. So Panther's Den, uh, Giant City, all of that is, you know, really close. And I've done those trails a lot. So I was feeling good about moving through all of those trails. Um, I was like, I can, you know, get through this. But 
I knew that I wasn't going to be able to run anymore. There was there was zero running on day three. It was power hike. Just hiking. Just hike. Just yeah. hike one foot in front of the other all day long. There were points when I was just out there going left, right, left, right, left, right, just so I could keep going. <laughs> um, and uh, so I got into Panther's Den, and the trails were in great shape. Well, just it, Panther's Den is gorgeous. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I just love that area so much. So I just you didn't stop at Feather Hills Vineyard or Blue Sky <laughs> or no. any of those wineries through oh, there. Oh God, I want to do so bad. <laughs> I would have really liked a mimosa. You were right there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, Panther's Den was gorgeous. There were a couple people out, but not very many. So I kind of felt like I had it to myself. Lots of really pretty wildflowers, uh, spring beauties, a lot of Dutchman's breeches, and uh, bluebells, Virginia bluebells. So a lot of really pretty stuff to look at. Um, And uh, nice clean water to filter. By the time that I got to the biggest creek in Panther's Den, I already need to filter water, you know, because I'm drinking. I'm trying to drink as much as I can because I'm so tired. I know that my body is struggling, so I need to keep the water going. Um, So I filtered water there, and it was probably the cleanest water that I'd seen. Um, And then uh, hiked out of Panther's Den and then headed into... I guess I'm heading toward Giant City at this point. Like you come out of onto Antioch Lane, which has a really cool cemetery in it. There's a little bit of a gravel road. Mm-hmm. And then the hike into Giant City is just these ravines. All these ravines with trees down. And like sometimes you don't even think you're on a trail. You think you're just in a wash. <laughs> but it's the trail. <laughs> and uh, that, that area, I knew it was going to be tough because it's about three miles of absolute hell. Um, nothing really pretty to look at. Just a slog. You know, there are, there are those parts and that's one of those parts. And so I was like, I just got to get through this and then I'll be, you know, in giant city proper. And I love that area. So just keep moving forward. Um, and I passed some footsteps where I guess it had been a little bit more muddy and a hiker had gone probably a foot and a half into the mud. I was like, well, at least I'm not that person. (laughs) So there are positives. Wow. Yeah. It was the deepest footprint I have ever seen on trail. I was like, I bet they said some cuss words because <laughs> I would have. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, let's see, running, uh, not running, power hiking up to Giant City. I see the lodge. I'm like, oh, this is so familiar. I love all of this. And, and you I didn't stop for fried chicken, did you? Did not stop for fried chicken. You cannot go by the Giant City Lodge without uh, getting no, fried chicken or catfish. And I really like their catfish, too. Yeah, so I, um, in Giant City, they made... <sighs> They rerouted the river to kind River Trail. Is right? Self-supported. Have chicken with a and twist. sweet tea. And oh, sweet potatoes. tea would have been amazing. <laughs> so um, I the, the, the trail has been recently rerouted in Giant City, and it's quite a bit easier. Um, so that was, that was nice. They've got new gravel down. They've got fresh gla- grass planted. It's really pretty because they were going through some really washed out areas that were, the trail was struggling. And so they've rerouted it and tried to make it a little bit easier on hikers and a little bit better for the environment. Um, and so it's pretty easy going in terms of, it's still a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs, but it's not as rocky because it's gravel for a little minute, gravel for a hot minute. Um, and then uh, I crossed over and went into the really like the giant city proper where you've got all the really nice rock formations. And at that point, something started hurting so bad in my foot instantaneously. And I guess I popped a blister. 
uh, or something happened with a blister. Uh, something was pinched because I couldn't move. Like I came to a complete standstill. I put my foot down, lifted it up, put it down again. And I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. We're not moving forward anymore. So I sat down on a rock in the middle of the trail uh, and I got out my little first aid kit and I rem- realized then that I hadn't brought a blister kit. So I didn't have a, a pin. I just had a knife. <laughs> So I cut it open. Well, I alcoholed it, alcoholed the knife, cut it open, drained it, and then alcoholed it again and put some Luco tape on it uh, and was hoping that that was going to do the trick. Uh, Put my socks back on, put my shoes back on, my gaiters back on. It's a process. So I was down for maybe 20, 25 minutes and I was cold because the sun was already going down again. (laughs) So this drop, I make it to like right at sunset. So I'm getting later and later and later every day. Like the first drop I made to to it for, you know, day two, I get there about five, five 30 day six or sorry, day three. It is literally like the sun is setting as I am getting to my drop. And so that was, it was already getting cold. Um, and so I, I patched up that foot, got to my drop just processed everything as quickly as possible, shoved as much food as I could in my pocket, chugged some water, chugged an L8, um, and just fireball. kept going. No fireball yet. No. Now, you just said no fireball on day one or two. We're not, this is day three. I know, not, not fireball yet, though. Okay. We're not there All yet. Right. We're not there yet. And yeah. so then I make it to Macanda, and there's that little coffee shop, and I really wanted to go into the coffee shop and get some hot coffee. I didn't. And then there's this really steep climb out of Macanda. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, and it was dusk, and but I could still see all the daffodils. It's lined almost to the top with daffodils. Just gorgeous. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I was super appreciative to have something pretty to look at while I was like not having the best of moments. Right. Mm-hmm. And then um, you go through some road and some trail and you feel like you're going through this guy's backyard, which is really bizarre. It goes really close. The trail goes so close to his house. I would not want to be that guy. Thankful that he let us do that, but it goes real close to his house and it's night and I have on a headlamp. And so I'm really trying to just like keep my headlamp down and away from his property. Um, and then you come out and cross 51. So I went across 51, saw the little water tower, uh, happy, smiley face water tower. The water tower at this point seemed way happier than I was. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine it was. (laughs) Because I'm at the water tower and I have to go all the way to Grand Tower and it's already seven o'clock at night. Still a good clip. It's going to be the longest night of my life. I had, I had accepted it that I was probably just going to keep going uh, unless something absolutely terrible happened. I twisted an ankle, something. I was Mm -hmm. just going to keep moving forward. So there's maybe two miles of road. Um, and then you get into, oh, what area? It's like you're approaching Cedar Lake. Um, so it's the, it's like the wilderness that's kind of before Cedar Lake. And then you go, uh, and there were some more trees down there. I was like, seriously. And the only storm I know that rolled through like that would have been the one that hit Mayfield. Right. I don't know what all of it was about. I mean, not trees down here, so. I mean, there were a lot of trees down last year, but there were way more down this year. Um, so I don't know what the deal is. Um, I don't know if the Forest Service, because of the, the, the pandemic, hasn't been as active in cutting stuff down or, or moving mm-hmm. stuff off the trail. But it was like some parts I felt like I was like in an OCR, like obstacle course race, uh, because it was just insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a lot of energy that I wasn't really prepared to expend. You know, like I was prepared to just keep hiking on reasonably rough trail for the next however many, 30 miles. Um, but I was not prepared to go over, under, crawl on my knees. I actually did like a barrel roll under one, <laughs> which was, I just got up and started laughing at myself. <laughs> I was like, I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got to the 
I uh, believe that, by the way. <laughs> I got to the Cedar Rapids, which they were flowing pretty well, that little spillway at Cedar mm-hmm. Lake. Yep. And that algae is slicker than snot. Cedar Lake is such a beautiful lake, by it the way. It is. For and anybody it was, who's not been there. It was really pretty at night, too. Um, I turned off my headlamp for a while, filtered some water, looked at the stars. Great place to catch bass, too. Oh, I'm still searching for the elusive giant catfish. <laughs> I really like to catch catfish. So um, I filter some water on one side because I'm thinking about how I'm going to cross this thing at night. Because I can kind of differentiate the algae between the wet rock because you do not want to step on the algae. You know, wet rock would be fine right now because as long as it's not algae covered because it's not frozen. So I'm trying to differentiate the dark spots of the algae versus the wet rock or try to step on some dry rock but it was pretty it was flowing pretty flowing pretty good um so i definitely almost had a couple whammies trying to get across that uh and i was like if i whammy here then we're gonna have to stop <laughs> like if i get that wet we're gonna have to stop um and fortunately i was able to get across it uh without falling too hard uh, in the water like i slipped a couple times and like put a hand down but i never I got wet say you said without falling too hard so we yeah. fell <laughs> there was there was like some <laughs> slipping and sliding and like i went over and put my hand in the water but i didn't actually like fall into anything okay um and so then you're approaching a section going toward alto pass uh so i'm on the home stretch at this point um Toward Alto Pass, you really kind of get into this bottom farmland that a lot of four-wheelers ride on, so it was really tore up. So it was a lot of slipping and sliding, and I really started to feel my core. (laughs) I was like, come on, don't give up on me, body. Don't give up on me yet. We're so close. Uh, So I um, managed to get through that. And then when I came out um, on Alto Pass Road, I was like, okay. And you didn't stop at... uh Peach Barn Winery there. No, no, Peach Barn Winery. Mm -mm. Nope. It figures. So I'm coming through Alto Pass at night. You need a new trainer. (laughs) One that lets me stop at all of Mm -hmm. the wineries. We should do a winery FKT on the River to River Trail. There you go. Go as fast as you can while stopping at all of the wine trails. Must do. Mm -hmm. Yes, I like this idea much better. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I go through Alto Pass at night and the dogs in Alto Pass drove me nuts. Um, I tried to keep my headlamp. I mean, I had, I turned off my waist light. I had my headlamp as dim as possible because I didn't want to wake everybody up. <laughs> I was coming through at like 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night. And I was like, I don't, you know, I hate that all of these dogs were losing their effing minds over me coming through here. Like they should be used to the river to river trail hikers. Well, yeah, right. Maybe they don't hike at night. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a better idea. Mm, but the road was very lonely. Uh, it was a long, I think it's a six mile trek. From when you come out onto Waterworks Road and when you get back into Godwin Trail. Um, And so I didn't really have much to look at. Uh, It was lonely. It was cold. It was windy. No protection. But I did see uh, this light in the distance off to my left. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And then as I got closer, I was like, Bald Knob Cross. So I could see the cross. And it was kind of inspiring to just see it all lit up and gorgeous. And it Mm -hmm. was so dark. There was no moon that it it just seemed so bright. And I was like, okay, I'm heading that way, but I got to go around this way first. <laughs> yep. So, um, the road was extremely painful. My shins were killing me. Uh, I could not fathom going the next, cause let's see, once I got to Godwin, it's 6.2 and then it's 11.1. So like 17.3, once I got to Godwin, I could not fathom going that far, <laughs> but I, I got to my drop at Godwin. I had one on the east side and one on the west side uh, because there's just not a lot of water flowing in that area right now. So I wanted to have extra water there. Yeah, Hutchins was was pretty, pretty shallow the yeah. last time I was there. Yeah, 
Yep. So I, uh, I got into my drop and I got out some hand warmers and I put them in my gloves because it was cold. It was very, very cold. It felt colder that third night, even though it wasn't colder. I don't know why, but the cold night, I, I don't know if maybe I was losing my ability to thermoregulate, uh, but I was so freaking cold that night. Um, so I got hand warmers out. I put on as many layers as I could. Any layers that I had, I had them on. For, uh, unfortunately, I didn't have any pants, <laughs> so I was just rolling in shorts, and my legs were pretty cold, but that was okay because my shin splints were hurting so much. I figured it was probably okay if they were cooled down by the cold night air. Um, started hearing some coyotes. I was like, cool, cool. Haven't really heard any coyotes the whole time. Of course, it's going to be the last, <laughs> the very last trail section. Uh, but they stayed, I think they stayed pretty far away. I tried to like sing a little bit and make some noise and because mm-hmm. they don't want anything to do with you, you know? No, no. And so, I mean, I wasn't particularly scared of them. It's just unnerving to hear them call so much to each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, I, uh, commented to you the other day that I, I was as country as a chicken coop so i've been around coyotes my whole life mm-hmm. and they ain't out to harm you in any way nope. shape or form they they may be intimidating and they may act badass but they are no they're and they may be really loud when you're out in the woods they, by and they will be they will be <laughs> and i can see how that can unnerve you mm-hmm. but but i and i wasn't scared i was just like oh okay there they are and it, worry about i couldn't help it but sometimes it would shin, send like a shiver like down my neck sure. a little bit like the hair would just stand up sure absolutely but I wasn't afraid of them. Well, you're was, in their domain. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, for so, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I. Uh, this is where I grabbed Fireball at that last drop. <laughs> so I had Fireball and a payday, like one of those extra we large finally paydays. finally got there. How many miles into this before we hit the Fireball? <laughs> uh, 159 minus 17, or minus 17.2. <laughs> okay. 142. Ish. <laughs> so, yeah, ish. Um, and so I get as much stuff out of my drop bag as I think I need, and I drop as much as I can. I re- I still don't drop my sleeping bag. Um, my sleeping bag is a little over a pound, so that would have made a pretty big difference out on the levee for 11 miles. But I couldn't do it because if something happened, I had to have a way to stay warm. Um, so I'd never drop my sleeping bag. I had it with me the entire time from start to finish just because you, you have to have an emergency plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Godwin, even though it's relatively easy trail for that section, it's no joke because you've got some really steep uh, drop-offs mm-hmm. on that trail. And I sure. was really tired. Quite I a few. was really having problems putting my feet down where I wanted them to go. So I would literally be saying, okay, right foot here. And my right foot would go two inches to the right or three inches to the left. Like I could not get my feet to land where I wanted them to. So I was like, well, if I fall down a ridge with my backpack, at least I have a sleeping bag in it. <laughs> so I uh, made the decision to keep most of <laughs> my emergency. down to the bottom of the hill and set up camp. <laughs> yep. Oh, looks like I'm coming here for the night. Cool. Right. Cool. So, uh, but I kept all the emergency stuff. Um, I had done the trail several times because I made a couple wrong turns, um, especially trying to get across Hutchins Creek uh, in the first FKT. There was a couple of points on that trail. And again, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but oh, you're good. there was a couple of points on that trail. I, I know there's a lot of horseback riders that mm-hmm. go through there. How the hell do these horses navigate these turns and these, because the trail gets narrow at points really where it's on a narrow. ridge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just see straight down sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how, good grief. If I'm on the back of this horse. My ass is puckered. Yeah. Oh, know. I'm pooping my pants. <laughs> I mean, my ass was puckered tr- hiking it. 
you know, so I, I get you. I hear you. Yeah. So, um, so I kept my major emergency stuff just in case. Um, I took enough food, like what I thought that I would need. Cause I, I was projecting to finish sometime between eight and 10 AM. So I was like, okay, how many, how much, how many calories do I need? Did that really quick, put that up front, um, filled up water. And I did that, that six miles of trail, that 6.2 miles of trail seemed like it was an eternity an absolute eternity it was just left right one foot in front of the other the right. whole dang any time. other day it's just a 10k and yeah and I, I kept telling myself i was like Lindsay, it's just a 10k and then you're on the road for the rest of the time you got this um but uh and i still was enjoying it like i was still was grateful to be out there but i was so tired and i was in so much pain that i was really like in the pain cave at that point, um, just trying to get comfortable with it, trying to accept it and trying to lean into it because there was no fight in it at this point. I didn't have the energy to fight it. Uh, so at this point, you're just accepting of it uh, and saying that this is how it's going to be and you're going to move forward with whatever you can, however you can. And this was the point where I really started to take some weight off of my legs because both shins were screaming so hard that I just started really pumping with my arms. I put so much weight on my arms, on my hiking poles. I was like, please, hiking poles do not break <laughs> because I was really relying on them to get through that last trail section. Um, and I stood for a, a second, you know, a couple a couple seconds in, in Hutchins Creek, just trying to calm down the shin splints, but I was starting to fall asleep standing up if I stood still. <laughs> so I was like, I can't stand in the cold move. water. Yep. I was like, I have to keep moving forward or I'm not going to make it. So, um, and then I started looking at the time for trying to finish under three days. I was like, okay, if we continue to move forward, we can probably get under 72 hours. Um, and that was a, that was a, felt like a really solid goal because then you're saying I finished in two days and 23 hours and something rather than, oh, I finished in three days, one hour and a minute. You know, it just sounds different in your head to me. Um, and so I really wanted to get under that three days. Um, and so I really tried with everything that I had to keep going as fast as I could. <laughs> um, I had one more drop on the other side of um, Godwin Trail with a ton of caffeine in it. <laughs> a ton. I had caffeinated Tailwind. I had caffeinated uh, Honey Stinger Chews. <laughs> I had Run Gum. Um, so I took some shots of Fireball. I did all the caffeine at once. I was like, let's get pumped. Let's do this. You were ready to climb the bald knob cross. <laughs> yeah, because at that point, it's 11.1 <laughs> miles. You know, like how, how you know, 11.1 miles for me on a normal day is, you know, like less than an hour and a half. You know, running easy. And I'm like, let's do it. And, you know, this time, of course, it was going to be like seven hours. <laughs> so I descend, uh, you know, I pass the Inspiration Point parking lot that's that's up on the hill. Um, and I descend down that terrible gravel road that's all redded out right now. Oh, my God. It's so bad. I've ran that gravel road. That's horrible. So, so I'm coming down that and I'm putting all of the weight on my shins because I don't have a choice and my, they're just killing me. And I'm just like, thank God, uh, this is the last downhill after this. It's just flat levee. Um, and so I got to the levee. You're talking about the one that loops back towards McCann mm -hmm. yep. Springs area. Right? Yep. Yeah. That one. That road's horrible. Yep. And so I'm coming down that hill and I'm in a lot of pain because just coming down, all of that weight is just going right onto your shins, I felt like. Um, and so then I got to the bottom of it, made the left turn, uh, and then I'm approaching the levee that goes along the big muddy river and so I make a right turn and I'm on the levee and I'm like this really is the home stretch yep. like I'm on the dang levee but at that point everything you can see in the distance you can see lights and you're like is that Grand Tower 
No, it's not Grand Tower. It's somebody's farm. Is that Grand Tower? No, it's not Grand Tower. That's a railroad track. Is that Grand Tower? No, that's somebody else's farm. So it's just so demoralizing to see so many things that you think is the end and it not be the and end. you're getting the shit slapped out of you. Yes. <laughs> and nope. Wow. So I had uh, carried my shocks with me, my headphones, mm-hmm. bone conduction headphones with me the entire time, just in case that I needed them. And so I finally got them out. I was like, I'm not on trail anymore. I'm not going to get eaten by a coyote. I can see somebody coming for literally miles. I put my headphones on and I listened to some music with a good background beat. And I just tried to match the beat, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. And I did that for as long as I could. And then I couldn't keep up that pace anymore. And so I was still listening to the upbeat music, but it was more like left drag, right drag, (laughs) left drag, right drag. Right crawl, left crawl. And uh, I had to sit down for a second on the levee. I just was so dang tired that. I wasn't thinking very clearly and I was just going right to let I was weaving everywhere sure and so I sat down for a second fireball yep did some more fireball (laughs) Uh, because I don't know why I just think that helps a little bit like I don't know bring you back like help you focus a little bit more at that point Um, ate some more calories because at that point I was having trouble eating and walking (laughs) so I sat down ate some more calories drank some fireball and the sun was starting to come up and I was like okay, I feel a little bit better. The sun's coming up. I'm not out here in the dark. And it was a beautiful sunrise. Like it was just dang gorgeous. Um, And so that definitely helped, but I just didn't have much left. You know, about three miles out of Grand Tower, I didn't know if I was going to make it. That's the first time that I was kind of like, I don't know if I can do this. I am at my max. You're right there. I know. I was like, I am at my maximum pain tolerance. Like this is, this is as much as I can physically and mentally override before I start to cry and I don't really cry. Um, and so I was like, I have got to keep going. Cause if I stopped, I was just going to, you know, sit down and cry on the side of that dang levee and just have a high speed come apart pity party. Um, and I was like, just focus on movement. Don't focus on anything else. Just forward movement. Don't think about anything else. Just keep going. Um, because it's all gravel. It's not like it's flat road. So I was trying to go on the gravel that was the smoothest instead of the big chunky gravel. So um, there had been some tractors up there and they had kind of smoothed it out. So I was trying to like walk in the tractor truck the tractor path um, just to take a little bit of the because there was just minor turning but even the minor turning on the chunkier gravel was just sending so much pain all the way from my ankle all the way up to my hip I was just like oh god lord Uh, so I it was a tough it the last three miles were probably the toughest thing I've ever done it was insane uh just that um, I didn't know that that much like pain and tiredness could exist at the same time uh, and, uh, I just kept walking. There was, you know, at that point there's, that's all you could do. You've come, I was like, I've come so far, like it would be a shame to stop now, but I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. I didn't know. I mean, and I made a Facebook live video and I think you can see it in my face when I hit the pavement in grand tower, um, that I was like, I am in Grand Tower. I have three quarters of a mile to go and I have 35 minutes before it's 72 hours. Surely I can go three fourths of a mile in 35 minutes. That's how bad it was that I was doubting whether I could cover a mile in 35 minutes um, because it was just unreal. Uh, So 
I did. <laughs> I kept walking slowly um, and I finished. I saw, I so like you, you don't even see the dang sign at the end until you round this last corner and all of a sudden it comes into view and like the feeling when I saw that dang sign oh my god I don't think I had smiled for a good five miles which is pretty atypical for me because I'll see something and I'll just grin you know like whether it be a crayfish in the creek or a wildflower on the side of the trail I'll just grin you know I just like to smile I hadn't smiled for I've a never very... smiled at a crayfish but <laughs> They're so cute. They're out here all the time. <laughs> so uh, my daughter ran over one the other day, actually. <laughs> so seventy-one hours, forty-eight minutes, and forty-two seconds was the total. So I did make it under seventy-two hours, but not by much. It was like to the skin and of my counts. teeth. Yeah, it does. I mean, and I had wrapped bandanas around my legs, super tight, just to try to keep it from screaming so much. But nothing was really. I mean. You can't really do anything. Who at was that there point. to greet you and take you home? Tony and Mike, my husband okay. and my coach. So they had pizza for me and L8. <laughs> so you had given them kind of a time period, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And yep. And I had told them a couple times, I actually don't know if I'm going to make this, but I'm going to try. So that was my next question was outside contact. So this whole time mm-hmm. that you're, I mean, you're three days and 159 miles in the woods, basically, for the most part. I mean, there's some roadway, but in the woods. How much outside contact do you have? So uh, I didn't, I actually <clears throat> didn't reach out to you because I wasn't sure if I was allowed to. Gotcha. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to do this. But then Mike at the store, not the Mike, your coach, but the, mm-hmm. the other Mike. Wilson, yeah. He was like, well, I sent her a text and she replied to it. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, I didn't know we could do that. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I could get texts and Facebook messages. I got a ton. Um, I got one from Sabrina Hall when I was up on the levee um, and it said, Something to the effect of, um, I know that you're up on that levee alone, but know that you're not alone. And it was, that was amazing. Yeah. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Like Mm -hmm. something that makes you feel all like warm inside and feel like you can keep going. That was, that was super like life-saving at that point. Um, cause it was just absolutely perfect. I was in so much pain and just hearing that was very helpful. I got a bunch of Facebook messages from people constantly. Um, a, a hilarious video from uh, Mickey Beth and Chad Colson of their kids going, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, <laughs> and then falling over and going, whammy, <laughs> which was amazing. Um, so I could, uh, any um, cell phone is not considered support. So okay. anything that you get through the cell phone is is was fine. So okay. I well, did. next week when you do this again, <laughs> I'll be sure to send you messages. <laughs> you got jokes. <laughs> So and now um, I feel like an idiot for not reaching out to you. I, it's okay. I, just, I didn't lo- think I was allowed to. Some people texted me after and they said we didn't want to bother you because they knew that it was going to be a thing. And they were like, we would just rather say. No, I wanted know, to bother you. Just- <laughs> good luck. And then congratulations, you know, start and finish kind of thing. Um, but to go down and dip my toe into the Ohio River was extremely precarious. Or sorry, Mississippi River was extremely precarious because the Ohio River has this nice boat, nice boat ramp that goes down to it. You just dip your toe in. Totally fine. The Mississippi is like, like a bunch of like rebar and giant yeah. concrete blocks and like it's treacherous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, good timing, right? After you just did what you did, right? I was, I almost fell in. It was about this close. Uh, I, I walked down. I dipped my toe in, and I was trying to get back up on a rock. And I stepped on the rock, 
and then I went completely backwards and I was falling into the river and I just feel somebody grab my pack <laughs> and it was Mike. Mike had grabbed the back of my backpack and was just holding me in midair. I was like, thanks friend. <laughs> <laughs> just dangle me here for a yeah, second. Just give me a second so I can get my wits about me. But as soon as I put my toe in the river, I stopped Strava and I stopped my watch. So I, you know, I had already touched the sign, but to me it's river to river. So you don't. You know, you don't stop the watch until you actually get the toe in the river. So, yep. So I have two more questions before we mm-hmm. before I let you go. <coughs> Recovery. Mm-hmm. I still can't feel my right fingers. Yeah. And it was kind of <laughs> leaning towards that. So, I mean, what, what, without too elaborate, but I mean, how how burnt were you for the next day or two? And then... You know, what are we doing to recover and get back on track here? Yeah. Um, so I have some compression boots that I have at home. I did compression boots. I would have preferred to have done an ice bath, but uh, I didn't have enough mental fortitude to do an ice bath after this one. <laughs> um, ibuprofen, uh, CBD ointment, um, CBD gummies, um, some stretching. Uh, I sit with my legs up on the wall. So I kind of sit with my butt to the wall and then my legs straight up in the air to drain a lot of that inflammation out. Um, ice my shins like crazy every 10 minutes, you know, every, well, 10 minutes, every like 30 minutes for, you know, an entire day. Uh, I've seen my chiropractor three times who also thinks I'm a complete nut job, but he's like, okay, <laughs> he's we're, not wrong. we're putting Humpty Dumpty <laughs> back together again. <laughs> Cause everything was pretty out of whack and they still can't quite get and like my shoulders, like my trapezius muscle is this, this giant knot that mm-hmm. has not broken up yet. And it's just from the pack bouncing on it for a hundred and you know, 59 miles. But I think that the, there's some nerves compressed in my like neck and shoulder area. And that's why I can't feel the tips of my fingers on my right hand. It was a lot worse and it's getting better. And but, you sent yeah. me the text that said, I just went up the ladder in the stock room. I was like, bam, win. <laughs> yes. That's a win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I couldn't imagine I'd be, <laughs> I'd be holding onto the rails, trying to muscle my way up it, let alone walk up it. You know? Um, I definitely couldn't do steps for the first two days. So it was good that I kind of had all day Tuesday and Wednesday to kind of figure out what my muscles were doing and, and kind of get them moving again. Um, because then I was fine. Well, I wasn't fine, but I was able to work on Thursday fine. Like nobody really was like, oh, yeah, you, yeah. what happened to you? Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, Why but do you have a walker? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really needed one. Um, my ankles are still, they are still feeling a little weak. Uh, my knees never hurt and still don't. Um, my pelvis never hurt, which I was super surprised mm-hmm. about because I'd broken it before. I was going to say what you've injured. Yeah. And so I was really surprised that carrying that much weight and I didn't have any pelvic pain. Um, but I've doing I've been doing a ton of strength training. There is no way on this green earth that I would have gotten through this without all of the strength training I've been doing. Um, just my abs are way stronger. My back is way stronger than it's ever been in my entire life. Uh, and my yep. arms. So yep. I think all of that was, I was able to carry that much weight. And, you know, the shins, I'd need to do Core some matters. strengthening. Oh, yeah. Yep. I need to do some strengthening for those shins to figure out if I can kind of stave off shin splints in future races. So, well, that segues right into my last question of the night. What's next? Oh, I would like to run uh, run under the stars Paducah version. I've done the Corden version a couple times, and I haven't ever run the Paducah one, so I would like to do that one. I do like to run through the night, just not on day three. But after. That doesn't, and not to take anything away from Mr. Durbin or, or mm-hmm. that, but that mm-hmm. doesn't strike me as anything remotely close to what you just did. Well, no, but it's still a new thing that's fun. 
you know, what's I next? See. Where, where, how do you up that <laughs> oh, game? Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so I'm going to really start focusing on some of my speed training. And my goal is, oh, God, I don't know if I want to say this one out loud or not. I think I've, I think I've put it out there. Um, I really want to run the Tunnel Hill 100 close to a 16-hour finish, which is blazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's my goal. Um, Steve thinks that I can do it, you know, wow. somewhere between 16 and 17. So um, that's going to be a different kind of tough, but definitely. Yeah, that's a whole different game. That's a whole different yeah. game. Yeah. But um, I do have speed when I work on it consistently. So that's why I want to do Rhett's Paducah is to try to figure out how fast I can run for 10 straight hours and just see how that goes. Sure. Um, and just do a lot of uh, speed training um, over the, you know, the, the late spring and summer and then early fall. Um, I am signed up for Last Boy Scout. So I'm going to go as far as I can in that race again. Um, I don't know if I'll train as hard specifically for Last Boy Scout as I did last year um, because I think that my A goal for the entire fall is going to be the Tunnel Hill 100. Um, but I'll have fun at Last Boy Scout for sure. I mean, I'm too competitive to just start a race and say, oh, I'm going to pull out at 50K. That's not, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go till I can't go. Obviously. I don't know what that'll be because, um, I'm not going to specifically focus on super technical trail, but I mean, I'll be doing, you know, hill training, speed training, training a lot of, a lot of miles at Tunnel Hill. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I'm looking forward to. Um, I would also like to do seven K's in seven days this summer in seven different States. So an ultra a day for seven days in seven states. It seven just, straight days? Yeah. It just okay. depends on if, if I can get off work for that. So <laughs> I need to talk to We can to talk somebody. about that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that one too. Yeah. Well, needless to say, I'm, I'm proud of you and happy for you. Thanks. And, um, was worried about you. Yeah. <laughs> felt like a... I felt like second dad. I'm at, I'm at home worried about you, mostly at night because I, I I mean I I think I know you well enough that I'm not too worried about you moving down the trail. I think mm -hmm. you're fine, but um, it just got cold if at it night with have, those 30 degree mm -hmm. temps. I was concerned for yeah, you. Yeah, I know, think a lot of people were. I think I worried my mom a lot. Yeah, uh, but yeah. maybe if I try the unsupported, you're in the next right, mom. Spring. Yeah, maybe if I try the unsupported next spring, it'll be warmer. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll uh. <laughs> Edit that part out so she don't hear it. Because I know she listens to this. I saw her comment she on the does, Facebook. Yes. One of the few times I got on the Facebook, I saw her comment on your podcast post. So. Hi, Mom. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very proud of you, and good job. Thanks. That's, that's awesome. Um, and before we close out of here, a Wicked Pig update. Um, yes, the date is still December the 10th. That has not changed. Um, no registration has not opened yet and so forth and that is simply because i am still in limbo waiting on the paperwork mm -hmm. now with that being said the lady from the forest service did contact me in fact she emailed me while you were on the trail um just to let me know we still don't have it so okay <laughs> it was it was an update that wasn't an update but she at least reached out yeah, so that's good news um, also during that time frame the uh, forest service law enforcement supervisor came into our store to visit and not in reference to the to the uh, river to river trail wicked pig ultra <clears throat> but while she was in there i brought it up and she said oh i just reviewed that one so we had that conversation as well but okay. so it's still not the official paperwork and me being who i am i'm the dot, dot the i cross mm -hmm. the t and i don't want to start accepting people's entry fees 
Until we're for sure. Until I have a document in my hand that That's I know for sure. 100%. I've been verbally told it's for sure. Okay. But I don't want to do it without the actual documentation. Yeah. And I mean, so. that first 60K, having just done it, whoo, it's a doozy, but man, there are some beautiful sights. Oh, Holy can't, cannoli. Can't wait based on what you just said. So yeah. thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. That and was, thanks for that everybody awesome. that sent that messages. Awesome. Facebook posts. Except for me. Called me. Yeah, except for you. Thanks, Boss Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I sent them ahead of time. Does that count? <laughs> that counts. Okay. Yeah, but thanks. Right. I appreciate y'all. Awesome. So um, y'all know what to do. Lace them up and get after it. Aspire for greatness and keep moving forward. Woo-woo. Unless you're halfway through a 100-mile race or your bourbon glass ran empty, then you're ready to click play on the next episode. Already caught up? Then have your glass ready and join us next week for another epic episode of Lace Up and Run.